Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Future Firm Accounting Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Lozanis, and today I'm speaking with founder and CEO of Botkeeper, Enrico Palmarino. As a student, Enrico launched his first company, ThinkLight, which offered an innovative process of analyzing, designing, and manufacturing LED lights. He then became an investor and managing director of SmartBooks, which saw the firm grow from 6 to 40 employees in his three-year tenure, and now he's looking to take things to the next level. Enrico founded Botkeeper in 2015, a tech startup that has designed and developed an artificial intelligence-based bookkeeping platform paired with accountants to help firms and companies outsource their bookkeeping. To date, they have raised $22.5 million, serve over 1,000 companies and over 100 accounting firms. Botkeeper has been featured in my future firm weekly top five email on several occasions for being an innovative force in the accounting space. If you're interested in receiving my free weekly email with a curated list of the top five pieces of content and news to help future-proof your firm, please visit newsletter.futurefirm.co to sign up. Today, I'm interested in speaking to Enrico about what Botkeeper is exactly and things to consider when outsourcing your firm's bookkeeping. Enrico, great chatting with you again, and thanks a lot for being here today. Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me. I'm glad to be on Cool. So uh, I think first and foremost, uh, a big congratulations is in order, Enrico. Uh, you welcomed a, a new member uh, to the family just recently, I believe, correct? Yes, I did. Um, welcome my second daughter, London, uh, almost about three weeks ago now. So it's a very exciting. Cool. So I, I think, um, you know, getting back into the swing of things and uh, I'm sure it's been uh, I'm sure it's been pretty hectic, uh, but I'm sure it's a pretty exciting time for you as well. It is. Yeah, it's funny how um, you step away and you're like worried about stepping away, but the business continued forward, no problem. And then uh, coming back in, you know, it was a little crazy at first, but also like very uh, adrenaline boosting um, with all the new stuff that we're working on uh, this quarter and next year. Very cool. So um, I think um, maybe you can just start by talking a little bit about what Botkeeper is exactly. I think like you know, I speak to a bunch of my readers and, um, you know, a lot of different firms out there I've spoken with. They've, they've heard about Botkeeper, but they might not know exactly what it is. Maybe you can just kind of give a bit of a rundown. Sure. Um, so at the, the core essence, Botkeeper is an outsourced uh, bookkeeping solution for accounting firms uh, and small, mid-sized companies. Um, how we deliver a better outsourced bookkeeping solution is through the use of machine learning and AI uh, to automate a lot of tasks, workflows, um, and other uh, core and essential bookkeeping functions. And we couple that machine learning and AI with a skilled team of accountants that we employ here at Botkeeper that basically are picking up the complex challenges that the machine can't do um, and also acting as quality assurance and review on the things that the machine does do. So what are some of the things that your service helps with? Um, yeah, maybe you can just describe a little bit of like, what are some of the tasks? What are the, some of the things that people are outsourcing? What, what can Botkeeper do exactly? Sure. Um, so a lot of companies and accounting firms use us as uh, augmentation or replacement um, for a bookkeeper um, or bookkeepers, uh, plural. Uh, and the reason being is the, the problem that we're solving or that we're trying to address is there's just there's not enough accountants or, or bookkeepers in the market to support the current demand and supply of businesses um, and the accounting uh, demands and tasks that they have. And so, you know, most firms um, have certainly experienced this, which is 
it's very, very difficult to find and hire good accountants and good bookkeepers. Um, it's very difficult to retain them for a long period of time. Um, and it's also uh, difficult to ensure consistency and continuity uh, and accuracy for your clients because, you know, things are always changing with their business um, and people, you know, are susceptible to human error. And so Botkeeper allows accounting firms uh, to ease up those frustrations by instead of maybe hiring that next uh, bookkeeper, they can outsource the bookkeeping for their client to Botkeeper. We do it through a white label platform. So your if you're the accounting firm, your client never knows that you're working with Botkeeper. If anything, they think that you rolled out some uh, special or enhanced technology internally. And we take care of uh, categorizing, classifying transactions, doing monthly reconciliations, um, producing financial statements, paying bills, uh, or sending invoices out on behalf of the, the client or customer. Is there anything that Botkeeper can't do? Um, because what you're doing is you're kind of uh, replacing the need for bookkeepers internally, and um, yeah. that's being outsourced, let's say, to your your service. Is there anything that it perhaps can't do, like running payroll, paying bills, or are there any specific tasks that Botkeeper can't help with? So we, we don't pretend to be uh, a tax accountant, um, so we are not going to file taxes. Um, we also don't pretend to be um, a true uh, accountant, and I say that in the sense where there's a differentiation between a bookkeeper and an accountant. An accountant it predominantly is dealing with the, the greater complexities of a business, so they might be working up um, asset depreciation schedules for a company. They might be putting in place a deferred REVREC model um, to be complied with. They could be uh, working with a, a company to facilitate uh, debt um, and terms on that debt or, or payback schedules uh, and also doing, you know, true reviews. And I say this in like the, the true term where you'd contract someone mm -hmm. to get reviewed books or audited books. Um, we're not going to do an audit or a review. Um, we are not a payroll company, but we will assist with managing payroll and booking payroll entries um, through a, a third party uh, solution such as like an ADP or Gusto. Um, uh, or paychecks. Uh, and I think those are probably the, the key things that we don't do. And it, because we don't do those, we are a really good complement to accounting firms who have skilled accountants that do do those things. Um, and so they use us to fill more of the core basic day-to-day -day data entry, categorization, classification, uh, and booking of data into uh, the client's QBO or zero. Got it. Like more back office support type stuff. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd say uh, back office, but like I also want to be clear too, like we are not like an administrative assistant. So yeah. um, there's a lot that goes into back office. We are like your your daily, monthly core bookkeeping um, solution. And, you know, you, you can say we replace bookkeepers. I find more often than not, like no one's losing their job by bringing bookkeeper in. It's more, you know, we're, we're filling a, uh, a, a requisition um, that they have or a position that they had open um, because they were having a tough time filling that or they have a few employees internally that they would like to promote up into other, you know, call it better revenue generating, um, higher ROI, more thought provoking roles and Botkeeper will backfill those employees doing more of the, the basic bookkeeping that they were spending a lot of time on. Cool. So I think there's like 
two different kinds of firms out there. One that maybe has like a bookkeeping service line in-house. They have a team of bookkeepers in-house. Uh, and one that's maybe, um, let's say, an accounting or CPA firm that doesn't have a bookkeeping service that maybe wants to jump on board with a more automated bookkeeping service. What would you say the split is or what's like the... like? What's been the typical type of firm that's been joining Botkeeper? Has it been the one that already has a bookkeeping service in-house that wants to then maybe ease up some of their capacity issues and outsource that component of it? Or is it one that kind of doesn't have that service line already and wants to start one up and doesn't want to start from scratch? Like, can you give me an idea of like the typical type of firm that's joining? So I'd say it's, it's um, the both firms are joining but where I've seen the greatest success, and it's not that the, the hey, I want to add bookkeeping and I've never had it before, that not that, that that option is, call it failing or doesn't work well. It's more simply that if you do have a bookkeeping arm today, the ROI or the economic drivers and the immediate benefit that you get from bringing Botkeeper in can be realized um, in a pretty short period of time. You know, if you're doing the books for, uh, bookkeeping for a hundred companies and you have a team of, you know, 10 or 20 people doing that work, bringing Botkeeper in to augment um, some of those staff, the cost differentiation between us versus the people you were employing is pretty substantial. So there's a big ROI there. Um, the time delivery of, of tasks being performed or bookkeeping tasks being performed ends up being a lot faster than it was with the in-house team. Um, so you see that pretty quickly, the uh, the integrity or the accuracy of that data picking up or, or being able to accurately book things that sometimes would have gone, would have been missed. Um, our machine's really good at kind of spotting or identifying those situations and resolving it. So I'd say the first one that you mentioned, which is you already have a bookkeeping department or business going, that's one where you plug Botkeeper in, like immediate benefit, immediate ROI, easy to see the results. The one where you want to get into bookkeeping and you haven't been doing it, you'll still see the results. It's just a little bit more difficult because now for you to see the results, it's dependent on you bringing in bookkeeping business and clients. And I've just seen you know people be ambitious about how easy they think that that's going to be. Um, and maybe it takes a little bit longer than they expected. So they don't see, you know, they might be rolling out one, two, three, four, five, ten clients over the course of a few months um, and starting to see the benefit. Whereas the firm that already had a base of bookkeeping clients, like, you know, say the hundred, they roll Botkeeper out to 50 of them right away in the first month. You know, they're going to see a pretty quick return on that investment and uh, their clients uh, quickly provide positive feedback. Cool. So, so there is a cost saving involved, like we can get into pricing and stuff like that. And I think it's, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's on your website for people to check out. Um, we, to be clear, on our website, um, the only pricing we advertise is retail pricing direct to got it. the small business. Our accounting partners are getting wholesale pricing, yeah. which is substantially less than what's on our site. And so think wholesale being you know anywhere from 40 to 60% less what pricing you're seeing on our site. Understood. Um, so... You had mentioned earlier that it doesn't replace the bookkeepers at the firm, but you also said that there is a cost saving involved as well. So, if you're not, are you saying it's gonna it's gonna save you money for future hires, or what happens to the existing people on the team? And you said 
they might be augmented what sort of things would you would you see them like a bookkeeper is trained to do bookkeeping for the most part how are they augmented for uh, how how do you see them being augmented so oftentimes i find the scenario is uh, an accounting firm let's say they have 10 employees there um of the 10 employees say like six of them are rock star accountants doing bookkeeping yeah and they could very easily uh be doing more tax more audit more client advisory financial services to the client but they are being held back and don't have the time to do those things because they're spending so much time doing data entry and and the basic bookkeeping so those firms will bring us in start transitioning that work off of you know those let's say six people um have those six people now focus on doing the higher level higher value add service it's also more thought provoking maybe give a couple of them uh, promotions within the organization um, things that they would have loved to have done earlier on but they're having a hard enough time finding people to backfill like so like think about it say there's someone in your organization named tom rockstar accountant you'd love to promote them into auditing or you know tax manager you can't really do that until you replace what tom is doing today and finding and hiring a person to replace Tom today is very difficult. And so you might end up keeping Tom in that role where he's doing work that's you know less like subpar to his capabilities. And that has consequences twofold. One, that's probably a more expensive resource doing less value add work to the client. And two, Tom's probably not happy doing a ton of basic bookkeeping when he really enjoys doing the more thought-provoking analytics, consulting with the client, um, or, or dealing with, you know, maybe an audit or, or, or tax. And so he might get frustrated over time and want to leave. So we now let you kind of get him out of the stuff that he wasn't really enjoying, put him into a role where he's enjoying doing more work. And when we backfill Tom, the cost of using Botkeeper to backfill Tom versus hiring someone else to backfill Tom is pretty substantial, like 30 to 70% cost savings. The other situation we see happen is uh, an accounting firm has been turning away new clients because they haven't been able to fill the bookkeeping positions that they have posted. So they can bring Botkeeper in. We can immediately start supporting the clients that are coming to them. They can capture all that additional revenue. We would be, once again, less costly than if they did fill those positions they had posted. And then I'd say the third scenario, which happens less often than either of the two I just painted, is where you might have, and many accounting firms you know, would agree with this, you got 10 people, six of them are rock stars, three of them are great, one of them not so good, um, and you'd love to you know, potentially replace that person or move them elsewhere. Uh, but once again, you can't find or hire the better alternative to do that. And we now allow you that better alternative kind of right out of the gate. Got um, it. And, and going back to uh, something that you mentioned earlier, you said um, that first kind of firm that already has a bookkeeping service line, they already have bookkeepers, they'd see more of an immediate impact by using Botkeeper. There'd be a cost saving, there'd be a time saving. Why would there be a time saving? Like what, what are you doing differently than other firms Let's say a firm that is using, you know, QBO, Zero, Receipt Bank, HubDoc, that kind of stuff. Like, 
are you seeing a time saving there? Or are you seeing a time saving more with firms that aren't using that kind of cloud-based technology? Where Where is the time saving coming from exactly? Yeah, so un- under that scenario, you have you have a bunch of pieces of tech that your accountant or bookkeeper has had to cobble together, use and manage to deliver the bookkeeping to the client. With Botkeeper, you don't have to use, manage, or deliver. Botkeeper's handling the delivery, and you just have to basically do the you know end of month review. Some of the you know maybe make some of the uh, depreciation schedule entries, um, maybe make a, a complicated accrual, um, and and that's it. And so what we're doing is we're literally in that case augmenting what that accountant was doing because even though yes there are tools to make them more efficient it's still tools making them more efficient, which means they're still doing the work. Whereas with BotKeeper, we are now doing the work and they're just overseeing it. Understood. Is, is there, would you say there's, um, is there anything that BotKeeper is automating that that tech stack that I just described is not? Is there is there more automation that you're doing? Is it the same level of automation? Is there anything you can speak about there? Sure. Um, so the tech stack, that is, we're not a replacement for QBO or Xero. Um, we kind of see that as like a database to put the accounting information. Um, mm-hmm. But other tools that are out there like a receipt bank or a hub doc. So BotKeeper internally in our system, we will automatically fetch statements from banks and credit cards um, and process those and use that for the reconciliation and categorization and classification of, of transactions. Um, we have a uh, receipt capture uh, component in our application. So you can take photos of receipts. It, uh, OCR extracts the info off of it. Um, so now, you know, we're doing the same, uh, task or function that like a receipt bank would be doing for you. Um, you might have an internal discussion or chat tool. You might have project or task management tools. Um, we have all of that built internally to BotKeeper too. So out of the gate, there could be some pretty substantial cost savings on just our platform replacing those other uh, technologies because it's all incorporated into one system. And two, where the real differentiation comes is on the machine learning and AI of the bookkeeping that we're doing. So those tools are great. And if you think about what those tools really do in essence, they do they facilitate the aggregation of data for the accountant or the human at a, a traditional firm to, to get and use to do accounting. Um, but then that human has to look through that data that's been aggregated, uh, apply the appropriate accounting treatments to it and make the book, the entries and bookings and, and QuickBooks are zero. That component right there that I just described where like it's the human accountant doing the treatment. We've, we've built machine learning and AI models that once the data has been aggregated to BotKeeper through our platform that, you know, replaces the receipt banks and hub docs, et cetera, of the world. Um, then our algorithm runs against that data and starts properly categorizing and classifying and booking it into QuickBooks at a higher than human level accuracy. And then Mm -hmm. we have our humans reviewing what that machine did to ensure it did it as accurately as possible, make some corrections here and there, which train the machine to make it smarter, um, and then also handle the exceptions or the complexities that would come up and the day-to-day of a business. And as you know, it's, you know, if everything was an exception, like the reality, you know, not everything is an exception. Yeah. Majority of what's going on in a business is not 
drastically unique or crazy. Um, and so our people are handling the small percentage of, of items that, that do require human involvement. Right. And, um, what, like, I, th I think like you've, you've described your service as human assisted in, in some, uh, in some parts of the process, let's say. Yep. So here you described it as like, um, you know, verifying exceptions, making sure that what the machine is categorized, for instance, might be correct and where, where it might be flagged, for instance. Um, what else are they helping with exactly? Um, are they doing adjusting journal entries at the end of the month or is that left to the firm to handle? What else might they be helping with? So whether we're doing the adjusting journal entries at the end of the month or the firm is doing it kind of depends on how we want to scope that with the firm. Um, mm -hmm. It depends on what resources the firm has available, uh, whether they want to continue doing that component of the work or not. So yes, our humans can and in many cases are, but not all cases doing those adjusting journal entries. Um, the human would also, you know, is handling communication. So a bill gets sent and there's a question about the vendor or a question about the terms or the address uh, for payment is different than the prior. So, you know, kind of chasing down, you know, what's what truly needs to be done here and how um, that's where a human would step in and do it. Um, it could be, you know, a uh, more complicated invoice that that client wants to send out um, where they're, you know, maybe selling a new product or service line and that has a different billing format than prior ones. So um, taking that over and manually making sure that that invoice is properly entered, recorded, sent out, and then is uh, the revenue on it is recognized accordingly um, is something that our humans would do. And kind of if you think about it at its core essence, what we've been able to do is take like similar technology that's out there in the market, but build it ourselves and own it. So it's more succinct and, and stable. Mm -hmm. um, and then add on another component, which is that machine learning and AI to augment even more. And what that's allowed us in effect to do is get much more bandwidth. It allows every one of our humans in that human assisted model to do far more than a human at a firm, uh, a traditional accounting firm that might be using a hub doc and receipt bank, et cetera, can. And that difference in, uh, in workload or production allows us to sell the same delivery of work at a lower cost, right? Because if, if, if we you know, kind of play out two scenarios, you're an accounting firm, you're using some of those cloud tools like the, the hub docs and receipt banks of the world. Uh, and that you know, took one of your accountants from being it will do, you know, one times the work to being able to do one and a half times the work. Um, our tools plus our AI allows our humans to say do five times the work. Um, and that means that we can sell you the same work delivery at less than it's costing you today to do. Got it. Um, and I, I did get a question from someone on my Facebook group. Um, I'm not sure if you could speak to this or not, but they wanted to know the percentage of work that's outsourced versus what the bot is actually doing. So let's say from the time when you get the documents, like the, the receipts or whatever are scanned, you know, categorized, entered into the system and books are reconciled. What's the percentage of that? Are you able to say like the percentage of that, that 
where the bot is actually doing that and where the human is actually involved? Is it like 50-50, 60-40? Is that, is that something you could speak to? It, it's tough to say in like general terms across all clients because yeah. I don't want to mislead. And if I said like, oh, you know, 50 mm-hmm. or 60% of the work is done by bot. Well, yeah. that's not totally true because there are some clients where it might be 30% of it done by a bot and other clients mm-hmm. where it's like 80 or 90 to get to that average. Um, but mm-hmm. I can give you an example of like that bot human combo and how it changes over time and what drives it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, the key driver to more being taken on by bot versus by human is the number of transactions that uh, a company has and, and in their yeah. history in QBO. So mm-hmm. if you've been around for five years uh, before you, that client started being supported by our system, um, there's some, you know, call it thousands or tens of thousands of transactions there. And our model basically to kind of give you the two sides of the range at zero history, the machine's able to do 40, I think it's like 42% of all the categorization and classification of those transactions. Actually, sorry, not 42, 60, it's 65% of all the um, categorizations and classifications of, of that client with, with zero history. And then that's using like, that's using information from coming from other places, I guess then, right? Correct. It's other places and it's, it's from our collective wisdom. So because our machine learning model gets smarter with each incremental client that comes on it and all of that clients like learnings and transactions, as well as like information that we gather and source uh, through a variety of different databases um, out there. So kind of like out of the box, the machine is going to be able to do a substantial amount of work for a client who has no history. And then the human's going to pick up the remainder. And then over time, so if you if a company has say 30 plus thousand transactions uh, in their history, and that that doesn't all those transactions, just to be clear, don't have to have occurred since you started using Botkeeper. They just have to have been there since since you kind of opened your QuickBooks file um, or mm-hmm. like set up QuickBooks or zero. And if you have 30 plus uh, thousand transactions, now the machine is doing approximately 93 percent of all the work entirely by itself. And six percent of the work is being done entirely by human. Is that, are we talking just classification? Or are we talking everything to get the books reconciled? That would be, so the ranges I just gave you now were on the categorization classification mm-hmm. side of the equation. Um, similar, there's like a similar spectrum or similar scale that occurs on several other accounting functions or tasks. So whether it be uh, from a reconciliation standpoint, from a bill pay workflow um, and processing standpoint, from an invoicing uh, or invoice creation and generation standpoint, and from a communication standpoint, those are kind of like the, the three to four big buckets. And they all okay. have a similar dynamic where the more data in history that's there, the, the more that the machine takes over because it kind of picks up and learns from, from past behavior and patterns while also learning from everyone else that's in the platform and system. Uh, and the cool thing is uh, that, gets just continues to get better over time. So say you're a company, you had two years of history prior to your accounting firm deploying Botkeeper. Maybe there's 5,000 transactions there. You know, over the next year, you've had another 5,000 transactions. 
you've now moved up that curve and more is being processed entirely by machine and less by human. Understood. And you said previously that um, a firm that has a, a bookkeeping service line with bookkeepers, there's a cost and time savings, and that's immediate. How how immediate is that really? Like how easy is, is, is it to plug in your service into a firm? Like what does that process look like? Because I imagine this is something where let's say a firm has bookkeeping running relatively smoothly. Yes, they might have capacity issues, but they under, they know what they know what the output is going to look like. They understand the outcome. What does that onboarding process look like and how do firms kind of get comfortable with that? Sure. So from the point where you said, let's do this, I think it's probably the easiest um, way to describe it from the point where you said, let's move forward with, uh, with BotKeeper. It's about a 20 day, I think, time to value. So that would be like 20 days for us to get and, and kind of, I'll give you an ex- like a example of the process. So you sign, you said, yep, let's move forward and deploy BotKeeper. We then basically look across all of your clients and start grouping and categorizing those clients into buckets of similarity. And then we start onboarding each bucket into, into BotKeeper to start taking over the aspects of bookkeeping that you'd like to outsource to us. Um, those aspects depend on which packages you sign up for. So you could sign up for our core package, you could sign up for our advanced package, um, and that's us doing uh, variations on service delivery or, or scope. Um, and within that 20 days, we'll have deployed and onboarded those clients into the system. The machine and the human component of BotKeeper will have then taken over, and you would see immediately that work come off the plate of the existing accountants on your team. and then you know the ROI implications or impact are you know basically happening immediately at that same time too. Okay, so Botkeeper is then behind the scenes. The client, it's a white labeled solution, so it's still the firm that's interacting directly with the client. Then, or is it? Does your team also interact with the client? Predominantly, it's the firm interacting with the client, and we give you a platform mm-hmm. that facilitates that interaction, so it makes it easier for you to send notifications to your client for you to, you know, request um, additional feedback right now. A lot of accounting firms, when uh, there's an uncategorized item and they need more feedback, they're like exchanging Google sheets or Excel sheets back and forth uh, to a client to like update it and then send it back and then um, make those entries into QuickBooks. We have a, a piece of technology that allows the uh, accountant on your team and, and also our system to for things that we're not sure on basically send a noti- notification to your client from within that white label platform so they don't know it's coming from us it looks like it's coming from the accounting firm the client can click into it from within the system provide whatever whatever detail is needed and click submit and then it basically seamlessly gets treated or updated and and booked into a QBO from there without having to do all the the rigmarole or back and forth uh, an email that would have normally been involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, in terms of grouping clients by factors of similarity, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Like how many fa- factors are you looking at? Why is this important during the onboarding phase? I'm just a bit curious about this. Sure. So there's um, essentially, there's like three levels of grouping that we look at. 
The first is industries. The second is size. And the third is uh, scope. So, and we're looking at those three across the whole client base and kind of like give you an example. We would be breaking out your clients by, okay, these are all your restaurant clients, all your tech clients, all your, you know, dental practices. Um, of, of the restaurant clients, what, what service levels are you providing to them? And maybe let's say half of your clients, you're doing core bookkeeping, you know, monthly financial statements. The other half of the restaurant clients are getting, you're also paying bills for them. Or maybe it's like, you know, half you're doing the core bookkeeping, 30% you're paying bills and 20% you're doing the core bookkeeping plus paying bills, plus sending or generating invoices on their behalf or administering payroll or, you know, something else. And so we, we group those clients into those three classes. And what that lets us do is like in a very streamlined function, take on each one of those groupings and deploy them in a very systematic manner. Um, and also align the packages um, and, and what you're, you're buying from BotKeeper for delivery, like directly to the different levels of clients that you have. So we, we make pricing with BotKeeper pretty easy. It's just based on one, how big is the client? So they, and, and that's determined by, you know, how much are they spending monthly or annually? Um, two, so that, that drives two price points. It's like one price point is under $200 per client per month. The other one's I think about four or $500 per client per month. Um, the second uh, component is to what degree are we doing additional, like are we paying bills, are we invoicing, are we administering or managing payroll? That would drive um, uh, an incremental increase. And then the third is volume uh, for pricing. So more clients, the cheaper each incremental client gets with BotKeeper. So say you were that core bookkeeping and you were you know, under uh, the expense threshold um, and that, that first package, say you know, the company spends less than two and a half million dollars annually, uh, that might start at like 199 per client per month for us to do the categorization, classification, reconciliation, uh, monthly bookkeeping, financial statement production. And then if you bring on 50 clients, you know, now each incremental is only $175 per client per month. And you bring on a hundred, maybe it's $125 per client per month and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. Okay. Back to the onboarding end of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're grouping by industry, you're grouping by types of services that are being delivered, uh, things of that nature. What about like ensuring there's a knowledge transfer of a particular client? Like, does that factor into it ever? Or is this, does, is that not maybe important for the service that you're delivering? Like, I know like when I would look at a, a business, they'd always have unique situations happening with that business or, you know, unique items that had to be co coded in a particular manner or, um, you know, just every business is, is, is generally different. Um, how, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? Like more unique type things specific to a, a particular client? Yeah. So the, the, the grouping helps us get to that point and leave that component as like call it the exception discussion. Um, mm -hmm. so if you think about it, we've, we've determined, okay, we're going to talk about your restaurant clients and we've determined we're going to talk first only about the restaurant clients that you're just doing core bookkeeping not the ones that you're paying bills for or the ones that you're doing invoicing you know because that's going to have 
more likely uh, other nuances associated with it on a per client basis. Um, but if we're talking about like this one group and it's pretty streamlined, you're doing monthly reconciliations, categorizations, classification and statement production, uh, financial statements, then we say, okay, what has been what has been the process that your firm's been doing today? What's the delivery that that client's getting today? Because these are all restaurants of a similar size with a similar scope. Oftentimes, the chart of accounts is relatively similar too, so that kind of cuts out um, some of the the custom you know quote unquote nuances that might appear. And then once we've said, okay, here's the these are the commonalities among that grouping. Now let's talk about the individual unique components and some of those unique components it's just a matter of having the conversation with the client to be like you were doing things this way but best practice or more streamlined way is to do it this way so hopefully you can rein in some of those unique nuances to make it just a few fewer um, and then you know that basically leaves remaining the unique nuances that have to be unique and you teach us each of those for those given clients okay is there a place where this stuff is documented, I guess, so that that information can transfer over properly or what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, so we create a playbook for each client um, and that's where, mm -hmm. you know, what, what's nice in an ideal world, say 90% of that playbook is uniform across that group um, and then 10% mm -hmm. of that playbook is the custom nuances on a per client basis. Okay. Um, what about catch-up work? This is often like in the trenches, a lot of back and forth required with the client, sure. uh, a lot of things to figure out. It's not like routine month-to-month -month coding transactions. It's really fixing stuff. So how does that work? I can imagine that's more human-assisted. Is that for the firm to perhaps handle on their own or how do you get involved with catch-up work yeah so the, the catch-up work is is certainly more human assisted but the human assistance is able to take place i think a lot faster in a more efficient way than it traditionally is and i'll give you an example so when you look at when you think about doing catch-up and cleanup the clients coming to you with some form of messy books part of what makes them mm -hmm. messy is identifying like I mean, across all of the transactions that currently exist in that ledger where do you start to focus and how do you parcel yeah. out what to look at? Um, and some of that has to do with, you know, if you think about it, let's say what makes those books messy is there might've been one point in time with one bookkeeper where someone was recognizing uh, a certain type of expense or revenue in, in a given way. Then that, that recognition changed or they put it into a different bucket or account. And then it kind of came back into the original bucket, maybe another bookkeeper transitioned in. Um, and so our system is basically able to see and identify those variances and quickly call out those variations in the books to then kind of like point here, like, you know, as a human, this is where you should like figure out why this happened um, and, you know, go through that exploratory process. But the fact that we can do that we can do that, call it like initial screening and surfacing of potential problems out of the gate without you having to like go item by item by item and try to find them. That saves a lot of time. And it also actually tends to improve the accuracy because as you're combing through a lot of data, humans are only capable of really spotting or picking up on patterns or nuances among smaller sets. And so, but mm -hmm. 
machine learning um, is capable of seeing patterns of, like could be very small, tiny patterns across seas of data. And so we do tend to find nuances in past books or past year's books that someone might not have normally picked up on. And once again, surface that to the human to investigate and, and figure out. And the cool thing is we can then write, our human can then, depending on what needs to be done for cleanup, can then create some sort of like dynamic model that goes back through and applies adjustments or calculations to that history in a more efficient manner than a traditional just basic rule would, um, also saving time. So just a little bit deeper on that, like when we're dealing with cleanup or catch-up work, there could be stuff that's miscoded. There could be duplicate transactions. There could be lots of transactions missing, bank and credit card statements that maybe aren't balancing at all. Do you ident Does your technology identify all of those types of situations or just some of those situations? I'm just a bit curious about that. I would that. say it identifies most of them. Um, but you know, the tech also might, is likely to, it's not perfect, you know, and this is the thing like to keep in mind, the machine learning aspect of BotKeeper is really great. It's better than your typical or average accountant in itself, but it's not mm -hmm. perfect. So there's still going to be things that it's going to miss. It's just going to miss. It's kind of like, you know, when you think of a Tesla, Tesla still do crash, just they crash less frequently than totally human driven cars. Um, so we we have that same nuance but yes it is capable of say pulling all the bank statements getting that information in a, a format pulling all bank transactions getting that information in a format comparing those formats and data to the data that resides in the books spotting areas of discrepancy and then how you want to treat that discrepancy is usually a discussion um, and where or what caused that discrepancy to occur is also another discussion because maybe there's a perfectly good reason why um, transactions are missing um, and that they did, they, you know, appeared at one point in a client's books or transaction history. Okay. So you can set different parameters during the, the, the cleanup work. You could say, you know, look at this period or look at this bank statement to see if it's out of whack or is that, is that the way it would work with the technology component of things? Um, you can, the, the way to think of it is there, I'd say there's two components. One is let our system just run and try to find discrepancies and variations across everything. Um, and it will do that out of the gate just anyway, because who knows, maybe we find something that is like really bad um, that, you, you didn't want us to focus on, but we surfaced it anyway. Um, and two, yes, you can say like it, it often helps where someone will say, you know, we, our books were good and in order and things were clean and we liked how it was being done for this period of time. And then somewhere, you know, in February of 2017, we changed bookkeepers, things started getting out of whack. We noticed a lot of mistakes or discrepancies in data. And then more recently, we're back to being good. So what that is going to mm -hmm. tell us is, okay, when the machine's trying to figure out how the client wants the books moving forward um, and what pattern to follow on a future basis to, to basically kind of assume or preface its learning with the fact that there is a period of time that was probably not ideal 
but the, the bookends of that period of time are the ideal and you use that to kind of focus the discrepancy um, analysis. Got it. Um, is there anyone, first off, what's the sweet spot sized firm for your service? I know you could probably deal with smaller firms. You could deal with larger firms. Is there like a sweet spot though? Um, so on the larger firm size, I'd say we are, we're not really looking to work with like top 50 firms right now. Um, we've got okay. firms in the top hundred that we, uh, that are, mm -hmm. are botkeeper um, users or white label partners. Uh, and then I would say down to, I, ideally you have like at least one or two people on your team that are doing bookkeeping. Um, yeah. because when it's just yeah. yourself, it becomes now more of yeah. like a future potential ROI because you know, mm -hmm. you're, it becomes an expansion oriented ROI versus a direct cost replacement. Cause you might not actually be able to like Okay, now that we've taken this work off of, you know, a single person's plate, if you're only one person in the company, and if you don't have other things that you can be doing right away, um, or other clients that are coming in, then we've just given you time to sit on your hands. Um, <laughs> and so that doesn't tend to be like the, the greatest ROI uh, at that point. But I'd say when we, like over the last year or so, as we kind of went through our beta, learned a lot updated a lot, changed a lot about how we interact with uh, accounting firms. We then, just because of a demand component, decided to start targeting or, or working with much larger firms. And kind of the way that we did that was we just set the price point at a, a level where like it made sense for large firms, but wouldn't make sense for small ones. Um, and now as we've you know started tackling that you know 50 to 100 firm or 50 to 150 firms and um, are getting a lot of them as partners. We have then since started to uh, not it, not necessarily it's not actually lowering our pricing. It's just allowing tiers of partners to to hit price points that make sense for them based on their volume. So you know a top you know a fifty to one hundred firm might have or would have hundreds of clients or thousands of clients, and we might have required at that point put pricing in place where. You know, you basically need to get 60 plus of your clients on to have this make sense. Um, and it's like a large deployment. Now we're getting to a point where we're allowing the smaller firms to get five clients on and have the, see the ROI and have the ROI make sense. What are, what are some of the things that firms might need to think about before they use your service? Is there anything like normally when you outsource something, you have to have certain processes maybe in place? Um, your service is a little bit different than maybe a typical, typical outsourced bookkeeping service. Like, is there anything that you think a firm should have in place before they think about using Botkeeper? Yeah. Um, probably two things. Uh, so one, a good understanding of the technologies that their clients are, are using or interacting with, um, because, you know, we've started discussions with some firms where we've said, you know, great Botkeeper is designed for cloud accounting software, the QBO and, and zeros of the world. Um, and we've had firms start down the path. And then when they actually went back and looked at their client base, they realized like, oh, we thought most of our clients were on QBO, but it turns out majority of them are on QuickBooks desktop. So um, 
ideally you have a set of clients on QuickBooks Online or on Zero in mind that you would want to uh, use BotKeeper for. Um, so, you know, kind of having that initial understanding. And then two, having someone in your firm that can really run with this um, is very helpful. So it's one thing to be a partner of the firm or an owner and say, great, we want to do this. It's another thing to say like, okay, who's actually going to connect with the clients that we have, get them onto the system, get the you know banks and credit cards and other accounts connected up in um, and, and deploy BotKeeper platform across that client set. And I find you know accounting firms who have thought through who that person would be and have actually like parceled out that person to be able to do that job. Um, those deployments go really well and they're very successful. The accounting firm who you know might think that they can just do it themselves in their spare time, what ends up happening more often than not is the spare time is filled by, call it like a client fire drills um, that come up at their firm. Mm. And so that spare time never is, is really realized or available to deploy the BotKeeper system across the client base. Now, we've tried to help that second scenario um, and facilitate it by we have a, a deployment team here at BotKeeper that we will send on site to your accounting firm to actually work with you and the people of your team to roll out the BotKeeper software across your client base so you can get as many of them onto the platform as quickly as possible to start getting that ROI. Um, so that does help. But it, even then, still having a point of contact who's going to run point on this deployment and, and roll it out is, is very helpful. And I think most accounting firms, if you think about it, if you, know, you were gung-ho about rolling out or deploying bill.com, you might have like bought a bill.com license set it up for a client or two. Um, and at the time you're like, oh, we can put this, we'll totally make sense to put it on all 100 of our clients. And six months later, you still only have that client or two or maybe five now that are on it, just purely because you haven't had the opportunity to really start the reach out to your client base or start the migration of your clients mm -hmm. on it. So that same sort of thing will happen here. And if we just see it works really well, if you do have someone who you, can have this be their primary focus. And, and do firms have to adjust themselves in terms of the way they work? Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of firms, they have a process nailed down in terms of how they bring a client in and then how they maybe transfer it to a bookkeeper and the way the bookkeeper then communicates to the, the clients on an ongoing basis. What needs to change after, you know, work has been outsourced? Have you seen anything that, is there anything you could speak to there? Yeah, so um, a little bit of, of how you bring a client on board needs to change because, you know, before your practice of bringing a client on board might have been telling your client to create a user within the client's bank account that's read-only and assign that user to the accountant in your firm so they can log in and get the financial statements or data that they need to do the bookkeeping. Um, with us, that would change a little bit because now you'd be telling your user to click this link, um, connect your bank account to the white labeled system, and that would be it. So a little bit of a process change, but all, but similar enough that it's not you know drastic. And then I'd say, you know, typically where when you think about buying a tool, that requires a change in process for how you're going to use it. And then the analogy I'll give is you're a carpenter 
um, and you are used to purchasing nails and hammering them in by hand, and now you buy a nail gun, and the whole process for you know how you're lining up nails and and getting them into the studs is is different. It's certainly a lot faster and more efficient, but it requires like a different approach to to doing it. Um, that change in dynamic only comes when you're buying a tool. So HubDoc or Receipt Bank are tools because the accountant is tasked with using it and therefore changing their workflow to accommodate that tool. When you're thinking about outsourcing the bookkeeping to Botkeeper, you're outsourcing the function, you're not buying a tool. And so there's not a lot of process that changes there other than the end of month process, which typically looks something like a traditional firm has a team of bookkeepers doing the data entry. They have like a team lead or a manager that reviews all of that work to ensure the QA and accuracy of it. And then, you know, approves the financial statements before they're sent out to the client and then maybe communicates with the client to do a review of them. That manager would continue doing what they're doing now. Only difference being is now they're looking at all the data that's been entered by Botkeeper instead of that of that internal team of bookkeepers. Mm -hmm. They're still going to do the review like they would, and they're still going to do any sort of like yeah. reach out with the client to have a discussion. But what's cool is they just don't need a huge bench or team of bookkeepers to do that that low end bookkeeping work anymore. It can be done by Botkeeper, and they'll also find that there's a lot of like less exception management or less you know fixing of books or problem solving, you know, human error driven mistakes that they would have had with that team versus the greater accuracy books that Botkeeper delivers. Right. Um, unrelated question, but right now you're, you guys are solely focused on bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. What is your view on rolling out to other services down the road? Is that on your radar at all? Or are you squarely just focusing on bookkeeping? We're squarely just focusing on bookkeeping. And the reason being is there's plenty of other services we could roll out to enhance bookkeeping um, that we're you know not currently offering today. So like, there are like things um, involving, say, the bill pay process that we would like to enhance and improve even further. Yeah. Um, whereas we rely or use, you know, bill.com for a variety of those components. There's aspects to communication and how communication is done across clients. So right now, a lot of communication happens with email, but more and more of our partners are liking, they start using the platform, they see the benefit of having the client communicate with that to them or with them from within the platform. Um, and so, other enhancements there around how that communication happens. Um, and then I think just for us, there's, it's a, a mountain to climb from an automation standpoint. You know, we're, we've automated a bunch of tasks and functions, um, but enhancing, you know, it'd be great if we could get to 93% automation at only 10,000 transactions or 20,000 transactions. Um, it would be great to, you know, automate another Maybe it'd be great to build a, an asset depreciation scheduling tool internal to Botkeeper so it doesn't have to be maintained in an external Excel. Um, things like that that we would, we're focused on continue to evolve and expand that are focused on bookkeeping. Um, we have no desire to get into tax, get into audit, um, get into financial advisory or 
uh, client advisor consulting. And a big part of that is our approach to the world or how we see it. Accountants will play a part always. They've built relationships. They have wisdom that they've gained over the course of years. Tax laws, codes continue to evolve and change. Trying to build software to quickly adapt to those changes is very difficult, very costly, especially if it changes every year. Um, so let the people do the thing that they do really well um, and rely on them for those client relationships, the advising, consulting, analysis, and let us focus on doing the core bookkeeping. So you're, you're very interested in furthering the automation on the bookkeeping yes. and the things, yep. then, right? What, what in the bookkeeping process right now is not automated, which you think could be automated in the future? And what are some parts of bookkeeping that you think maybe can never be automated? So right now, automatically generating a appropriate RevRec schedule for a client isn't mm -hmm. automated. We require the accountant of either our partner or you know someone on our team to come up with what that revenue recognition schedule should be and then ensure the parity of that schedule with the different service or product offerings um, that a, a given client has. It would be awesome if our system was able to basically look at an industry, understand um, uh, best practice or policy around a given product line within a given industry to automatically like generate a recommendation as to like, here's the appropriate mm -hmm. schedule and then maintain that schedule yep. for that client without having to spend a lot of work That's kind of cool. building out those models in, in Excel or uh, a Google sheet prior. That's interesting. So some of those supporting schedules, let's say that that are required to be made that come that, that produce those journal entries. Part of that you think could be part of that or all of that you think could be automated. Yeah, I think of. for the, the way you're going to get there is we need to see enough of the variations. So see as many different situations as possible um, and try to understand which like which outcome is appropriate for a given situation. Um, and we'll get that, like the way that we'll get there is working closely with our accounting firm partners and getting their recommendation and feedback because a lot of what it's going to come down to is, all right, well, we've helped you get this off of your plate. What's the next thing you'd love to get off of your plate that you really don't enjoy doing or that you wish could be done more mm -hmm. efficiently? So, you know, that's, that's one of them that's come up. Um, asset depreciation schedules was another. I think that's like a pretty simple one for us to, to build and incorporate in. Um, so by next week, maybe it will be done. I wish when I say simple to build, it's probably like a quarter, <laughs> yeah, got a it, quarter worth, worth of development. But um, yeah, so th those are those are two. Even just around like bill pay processes, uh, you know, we still see uh, issues there. Um, you know, regardless of what platform or system you're using, people want it to be a little bit more efficient. They want it to take fewer clicks to get the job done. They'd like you know maybe some tighter controls. Um, so whether we build enhancements on a tool like build.com, um, or, you know, we start developing our own thing, I think, uh, you know, there's another area for opportunity. Communication is the other component. And I, this, I'm torn on this, like yeah. a good chunk of time spent doing bookkeeping is communication. We're able, back and forth, right? Yeah. It's a back and forth. It's, you know, like, uh, reading through emails or understanding what, what's being requested in an email. 
Now we've started using some natural language processing to uh, give us insights or you know identify certain types of communication that we can automate or streamline. Um, but I think there's a, a lot there that can be done. But I'm torn because you know you want to automate and deliver the most accurate bookkeeping you can, but you don't want to eliminate the human touch too much because I think that really that relationship matters. And so, you know, how do we automate or streamline communication to our partners um, such that maybe it helps them streamline communication to their clients uh, without yeah. streamlining it too much and making it like one of those things where, you know, you've everyone's seen it. They go to like the chat of a, a company website and it's like, did you mean this? And it gives you like three options. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh, I just want to talk to a real human being. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. So, yeah. I mean, if you could, if you could automate that non-value add stuff and the touch points that the 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 clients, the customers don't value, then yes, I'm all for that. Um, but again, like the example that you gave, when sometimes you're dealing with some of these uh, chatbots on the on on certain websites, they can be a little bit frustrating. So I understand the the dilemma that you have there. Yeah, um, the way we're approaching that, and just kind of like some insight into what's coming down the pipe. As we said, we don't want to we don't want to try to automate the response. The so if someone say like an accounting firm, uh, one of their accountants reaches out to Botkeeper about a question on a given client, or the client reaches out to them and they you know forward us the message. We don't want to try to necessarily automate that immediate response back. What we do want to try to streamline is the internal communications that might happen that arrive at the answer to give back to the client. So mm-hmm. can we can we have the chatbot be internal and serve up like the three, you know, did you mean this, this, or this? And then a human look at that on our end. Yeah. Take that recommended response, but you know, curate it and ensure that it's the right one before it gets sent to the client. Cool. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay, good. So Enrico, uh, I want I really do appreciate your time. Before we go. Um, maybe you could just speak a bit about what's next for Botkeeper and for any firms interested in learning more where they can find you. Awesome. Um, so uh, one of the cool things is we've you know drastically expanded our, our sales deployment and pre-sales team. Um, so if you come to us through a website, we can quickly get you in touch with a member on our team to do a discovery um, with your firm, figure out if Botkeeper makes sense. Put together an ROI analysis for you, so you can see what that would look like, um, and then you know take those next steps. We are doing, uh, I think, weekly webinars uh, to try to you know provide more and more information about how Lockkeeper works. And I would say, if you had contacted or engaged with Lockkeeper in the past, and the pricing or economics didn't make sense for you then, totally, totally worthwhile checking in with us now because we continue to evolve and iterate quickly. And as I mentioned, we had at one point been focusing on first working with some of the bigger firms because they gave us more more data and proof points to test. And now we've evolved the pricing structures and levels so we can support much smaller firms and make the unit economics make a lot more sense for them. Very cool. Enrico, really appreciate your time. Nice uh, catching up with you and we'll uh, chat soon. Thank you, Ryan. Really appreciate it as well. This has been great.